Welcome to the church. 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 You're listening to another message from the Pentecostal Church in Normal, Illinois. Our mission is to honor God, love people, discover truth. Stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. Sayo is going to throw up the King James, and I'm going to the book of Acts chapter 10, and I'm reading verses 34 through 36, and then I'm jumping down to 43 through 44. Oh, I'm sorry, our kids can be dismissed and our teachers. Thanks, guys. They will remind me when I start preaching that we are not sitting through this. <laughs> but I'm going to read from the Amplified, the Amplified Bible because I just like a few phrases that it highlights. It amplifies them, if you would. The Bible says this, opening his mouth, Peter said, Most certainly I understand now that God is not one to show partiality to people as though, as though Gentiles were excluded from God's blessing. Everybody hear that? God is not one to show partiality to people as though Gentiles were excluded from God's blessing. But in every nation, the person who fears God, who does what? Fears God. In every nation, the person who fears God and does what is right by seeking Him is acceptable and welcomed by Him. You know the message which He sent to the sons of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Who is Lord of all? Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, Peter says. Jumping down to Acts 10, 43 through 44, again in the Amplified, the Bible says, all the prophets testify about him, that through his name, everyone who believes in him, whoever trusts in and relies on him, accepting him as Savior and Messiah, receives forgiveness of sin. Peter is talking to Cornelius' house. <clears throat> And he begins to draw out and, and conclude with what he is talking about Jesus to this house. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening. Are we listening this morning? To the message confirming God's acceptance to the Gentiles. The King James, if it's still up there, 44, says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So for just a little while this morning, I want to preach on this thought. It's a scripture. He that hath an ear, let him hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the privilege just to gather together before you this morning, Lord I pray, God, that uh, as this service continues, God, that you would open up our ears, God. Open up our, our minds to, to receive what your word has for us today, God. Don't, don't allow us to rely on that selective hearing, God, and block you out. Or don't allow things that, that aren't, aren't about you, God, to come and block our focus from you this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that every ear in this house would be open, God, not to hear me, Lord, but to hear your word this morning, God. And I pray that as we are open to hear, God, that you would begin to move upon us, God, like you've never moved before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Fun facts about hearing. Without your ears, you would lose your balance. Did you know that? Did you know that the ears, the nose, and the throat are all connected together? 
That's why it's called an ENT. I just figured out what an ENT stood for. I know I'm a little slow, but it's the ear, nose, and throat because it's one doctor that looks at each and every one. But there is, there is like a little bubble in your ear, like a, a little bubble on the level that tells when you're level. And it begins to tell you when you're leaning to one side or the other. I always thought it was the big toe that kept the balance. Now, that's important, but it's the ear that keeps you balanced. Ears never sleep. Did you notice that? Did you ever wake up in the morning and go, man, my ears are tired? Your ears never sleep. And how do you know that? How does science know that? Because your ear is always listening to sounds. Anybody just wake up and go, what was that? My wife does all the time. And then she wakes me up and goes, you need to go check on that. I didn't hear nothing. (laughs) Our ears never sleep. And you know that you have two ears. And do you know the reason you have two ears? I have my reasoning, but this is the real reasoning. The reason is so you can decipher which way the noise is coming from. Which way the direction of the noise is coming from. Now, this wasn't in my notes, but do you know in the upper room when the disciples waiting on the day of Pentecost, they heard a sound? Sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Do you know how I know they heard a sound? One, the Bible tells it to me, but they heard a sound and they heard it with their ears and they began to go, what? Where's that coming from? And the Bible says the wind listeth where it listeth and it blow. No man knows the direction that it's coming from, but they heard it. And when they heard it, there was a transformation. Cloven tongues, as of like fire, the Bible says, began to sit on every one of them. And they began to speak in tongues. It was the ear. It was the ear that heard. And it's the ear that I'm preaching about this morning. Now, the reason I, I was told that we had two ears, and my parents aren't in here, so I can say this. The reason I was told that we had two ears, it was so that we would listen more than we talk. Because <laughs> that's why we have one mouth. Anybody a listener in here? Anybody a talker in here? Us listeners, we like to use our two ears. Us talkers, we don't. We just like to use this, this one thing. But anyway, that's it. The Bible talks about hearing and listening. Paul writes in Romans, in Romans 10, 17. So faith cometh from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Not just hearing anything, but hearing about this. Faith comes by hearing, Paul said. Jesus tells the people in Matthew 11 and 15, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Time and time again in the scripture, God is calling our attention to hearing. We think it's just our eyes. We think it's just our hands. But God, time and time again, is calling us to listen and hear. John 10 and 27, if that's not enough scripture, Jesus says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. How do we know his voice? Because we listen. We listen and we hear. James 1 and 19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Anybody get angry in here? I do sometimes. Come on, me and you, brother. The only ones in the house. And you know what happens when you get angry? Your mouth automatically opens up, doesn't it? And that's why James is saying, be be quick to listen. Quick to listen, not to respond, because it's in that response our flesh comes out. Time and time again in the scripture and in Acts 10 and 44, our opening scripture, the Bible says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. It was just the hearing of the word. You see see what I'm trying to get at this morning? 
It was just the hearing of the word. Now, now I'm a dancer, I'm a jumper, I'm a shaker, I'm a shouter. But you know it doesn't take any of that for the word of, for God to move upon us this morning. All it takes is hearing of the word. And it's in the hearing of the word that God will begin to manifest the supernatural in this room like never before. We have heard songs from the beginning of service to now. And it's why I really just wanted to take a minute because we have heard of the wonder working power of God, have we not? We have heard about how God has never lied and from the beginning of creation he has fulfilled every promise that he has put before us. We have heard it, haven't we? But yet our response at times is no more than this. That is so precious. That is so wonderful. But yet time and time again, it is pressed into our ears and we hear how great God is. And we have become so custom to the profession of church that this is how we respond. Beautiful. Every every once in a while, we will get a woo! Right? You ever been to a ball game? You ever cheer at a ball game? You ever seen fans cheer at a ball game? You ever witnessed what happens at a any game of any level? There was a game at Normal Community. I didn't go. I listened to it. It was an exciting game, and, and, and it spilled over outside afterwards is how I heard the excitement of the game was because there were some people that were not necessarily slow to listen, but they were quick to anger. Come on, can I get an amen from anybody? But we get so excited and so in a rush of things of the natural. But when it comes to things of the Spirit, we get reserved. We get reserved. And and I think it's not because of our eyesight and because of our feeling. I think it's because of our ears. I think our ears have become clogged to what the Word of God is saying. And I'll get into that a little bit more as we continue. I look across this room and I don't see anyone having issues with hearing me this morning. Amen. Now, I realize some of you just said, unfortunately, we can hear him. <laughs> Thank you, Sayo, for the sound. Give Sayo a hand clap. He's doing multi, multimedia and sound today, making me sound good. Hearing is important, and it's necessary after all. It's one of the five senses. It's so important that it's part of the big five. Hearing is what we need to function on a daily basis. It's important to our everyday life, and it's important to the church. Hearing the word is as essential as prayer. You need to hear me. Hearing the word is as essential as prayer. And I just got done telling you, prayer is so important. It's just as important as the air that we breathe. Because without communication to God. But sometimes I think we only think it's a one-way street. And we need to tell Him all of our stuff and not listen. Because listening takes a pause. We have to take a pause, and we're in such a rush. I I found it so interesting two weeks ago at our end-time Bible study talking about time speed up. It was so interesting that my 10-year-old came home, and he goes, Dad, things have gotten really quick, haven't they? Because time has seemed to accelerate it to the point that we've just got stuff to do. We've got stuff to say to God, but we don't have time to listen. But listening is essential. Where I feel the enemy of our soul and even our own flesh are allowing ourselves to be fooled is in our hearing. It's in our hearing. Hear me this morning. It's in our hearing that the enemy is tricking you. Between this eardrum and this brain, the enemy is getting in there and he's contorting and he's twisting. And in a matter of fact, sometimes he's even shutting it off altogether. 
whether it be the pitch of a voice or whether it be the commotion of life around, sometimes we are not hearing what God is trying to convey to, to, convey to us. Case in point, you're here today. And just because you're here today doesn't mean you're going to hear the word. Just because you're here doesn't signify. There are churches all across the United States and all across the globe that are filled today with people. Just because you're sitting in a seat in a sanctuary of the Lord Most High doesn't mean that we are hearing what God has to say. Sometimes it means we've just checked the box. God is calling us to more than just checking a box. Because God, the God who hung the stars of creation, He didn't do all that without us in mind. Every thought, every movement of God has been planned for you and me this morning. Do you believe that? Because it's what the Bible says time and time again. Anyone know what I'm talking about though? Where you're here and you don't hear. Oh, that's, that's cool, here and here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's called selective hearing. Anybody have it? Selective hearing, did you know, is a normal brain function. It's normal. All growing up, I thought I had superhuman skills. I thought I was the only kid that could be getting scolded and still listen to the Sunday morning cartoons. Nobody's watched Sunday morning cartoons. You were all in church. You were all such good people. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I was getting scolded at home for not doing something I was supposed to. And all the while I was getting reprimanded, I could listen to what was going on over there. Anybody with me now? Anybody ever had somebody been talking to them and you didn't really want to listen, so you tuned out and you were listening to three conversations over that way? Anybody know what I'm talking about now? That's called selective hearing. And that is a normal brain function. That is a normal brain function. Selective person allows, selective hearing allows a person to listen and understand one speaker while tuning out all the other voices and background noise around you. It sounds great, doesn't it? Except when it's not. Because we as human men, as human beings, we have become what? Lovers of self, the Bible says, in the last days. And so you know what we have chosen to do with our selective hearing? We have chosen what benefits us to tune out and tune into. We have chosen conversations that Jay could be having in the back of the room, but I'm talking to Tiffany right here, and I could choose to tune her out because what he's saying sounds pretty cool and important. And I choose to tune things out based on self. When a person only hears what's important to them, it becomes a selective, selective to the point itself selective hearing and it's all about myself when we come into the sanctuary of the most high God you realize that we don't leave life at the door you realize we come in with our problems and our situations and the word of God is going out forth it's going out bold and it's going out strong and yet we still choose to select to listen to the things the enemy and our flesh told us at the door Time and time again, the Bible tells us of the great Redeemer that God is. Time and time again, the Bible reveals to us how awesome and wonderful God is. And yet we come in and we listen and we still hold on to all the pressures that life has put before us. Because it's real, isn't it? And it's loud. There's an expression that the squeaky wheel gets greased, does it not? 
And I have a feeling sometimes that because life is so ever-present in front of our faces and in our ears that we can't tune it out. So what we do is when we come and we hear the preached Word of God, we go, well, that just can't be true, so I'm going to tune that out so that I can focus on what really is important in my life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The really important stuff. The stuff that if you take your eyes off of it, it will consume you. Does anybody know where I'm going? The stuff that is so important that you can't get a wink of sleep at night. The stuff that is so important that by the end of the day, your shoulders are hanging low and you're barely able to support your own weight. And when you sit down, you crash because the heaviness of those things are so important to you. You know what I'm talking about with selective hearing? The point that you can't even focus on something positive because you've selected to focus on everything negative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been there before in your life? The heaviness. And we think it's just a heavy weight in the mind, but really what it is, it's an allowing of the ear to come in to where we stop focusing on this and we start focusing on all of that. Your rent's due. Your light bills are going to be shut off. How are you going to pay for groceries? What about your job? What about this? What about your kids? What about this? And it's all just noise. You can hear it. Hear it in my voice as it just swirls around and it just begins to grab space and it begins to grab air and you don't even know where to turn. And we come in and we sit into the sanctuary of the Most High God where there should be peace and there should be clarity. And all the while our mind is just swirling with things that have been allowed to come into our ears. And what we do is we select that instead of selecting this. Because when we select this, there is peace. When we select this, there is hope. When we select the word, there is joy, there is love, there is, there is God, there is truth, there is hope, there is passion, there is all of these things, but it's a matter of selecting it. Hear me this morning, it's a matter of selecting it. I talked time and time again about faith and that we've all been given a measure, but measure of faith doesn't lead up to belief. Belief has to be heard. Because when you hear it, you begin to believe and belief begins to become activated because now it's the one thing that's on your mind that you're focused on. It's the one thing that you begin to hear and your brain begins to prioritize. It begins to put things in order. You begin to hear Jesus and he begins to move to the top of the list. And as he begins to move to the top, everything else begins to fade away. It's a prioritization in our hearing. What are we listening to today? What are we hearing today? Selective hearing, unfortunately, has followed us into the church. In some instances, a person's brain tunes out the things that seem less important, like I said. Life can be so loud and so demanding. We tune in to what we feel is reality and we tune out God time and time again, service after service. Our praise singers did a fantastic job this morning displaying that God is a mountain mover. God is a way maker. Time and time again, we sing uplifting songs, not just to make ourselves sound good, but to display the greatness of God. Because it's in that moment when you walk into church, it's in that moment that, that, that Caleb opens up, that we have an opening, that we go into praise and worship. It's in those moments that we redirect our hearing. 
Because all week long we've heard of the negativity and the noise. But it's in those moments that we hear, oh, God can move mountains. And we begin to go, yes, yes, he can. I heard this week that there was no way for me to overcome this. But God can move mountains and it reminds me. And I begin to hear and I begin to focus and I begin to put my thoughts back on Jesus. And all those troubles begin to fade away. Oh, it's not that simple, Pastor. Yes, it is that simple. It is that simple because in our opening scripture, and I'll get more into the story here in a minute, but in our opening scripture, all Peter had to do was begin to talk and testify about Jesus Christ. He didn't even get to the close of his sermon. Do you realize that? Time and time, Peter must have been a frustrated preacher. He never got to do an altar call. Because every time Peter spoke, whether it was in Acts 2 or whether it was in Acts 10, every time he began to talk, God moved. God began to move. And I'm telling you in this house that God is wanting to move from the start of the service to way before we ever end the service. But he needs for us to hear. We tune into the reality and we tune out God. It's getting too late in the hour for us not to listen. I love, I love our end time study. I love it. It's important and it's valuable, but that can't be the only thing that we hear. We have to hear about the good news because the good news of Jesus Christ. We also need to hear that God didn't forsake this world, that He came to redeem this world, that there's nobody out there that's too far gone. There's nobody in here that's too far gone because the grace and the mercy of God ensured it because He endured it. On the cross, there is no way. Life is too fragile and eternity is too real and it's getting too late in the hour. There is nothing more precious than this word. And we need to make sure we hear it. Oh, pastor, you just told us that you shouldn't just hear it. You're right. You should read it because it's through the side of the eyes that the ears are open to hear. And we should read what's in this word so that we can know. And then when we hear it, we amen it. And we say, so be it. If you've never read it, how can you amen it? Because when you amen it, you get behind it. And you say, it's positioned here because I have heard. Back to our opening text. Acts chapter 10 is a pivotal book in the Bible. If you're not careful in reading the Bible, you could think that it's just for the Jewish people. I love the Hebrew people. I love the Jewish people. We should be praying for them. They should be in our prayers right now. Listen, I don't get in the news media a lot. I try to stay out of it. But if you don't recognize what's going on right now, there is a pivotal turn that's taking place. There is a pivotal. I'm talking about the squeaky wheel. There is a pivotal turn taking place from the top of our country down through the ranks of our country. There is a turn and we need to be decided right. You need to hear me right now. We need to be decided that we are on the side of Israel. Come what may. Come what may. I am on the, dis- I am on the side of Israel. Oh, we shouldn't choose sides. In this instance, the sides have already been chosen. In this instance, the sides have already been chosen and we do not want to abandon the people of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'll get to more of that here as we go on. If we're not careful in reading the Bible, though, we can think that it's only about the Jewish people. You could think that every commandment and law and statute was only for the Hebrew people. You could think that Jesus was only the King of the Jews because that's what the Romans... That's what the Romans put over his head. King of the Jews, right? If we're not careful, that's what we can think. But in Acts 10, where God uses Peter and a man named Cornelius to demonstrate his complete plan. 
It's in Acts 10 where the door busts open for the Gentile. Raise your hand if you're a Gentile. That's all of us. I apologize. Unless you're of Hebrew blood or Jewish descendant, that is all of us. There were two people in the Bible, two, two, two types of people in the Bible. Did you know that? Jew and Gentile. Bond or free. Did you know that? That's how simple it was, right? That, that's how simple everything was in the scripture. What would happen if we just got back to that? What happened if we just got to kingdom or not? Wheat or tear? Anybody hear me this morning? What would happen? So when I'm talking about the Gentile, that's us. That's us, unless, like I said, you have the Jewish heritage in your body. In Acts 10, God uses these two men, Peter, a Jewish man, Cornelius, a Roman officer, and he says, let me demonstrate to you my complete plan. Because this wasn't just about a Jewish people. This was about me setting up an establishment to show the world my compassion and my love for it. For 39 books of the Old Testament and four books in the New and 10 chapters in the book of Acts, God's direction was towards His chosen Hebrew people. It's why Israel is so important, like I said. God called Abraham, whose name would be changed, God called Abram, whose name would be changed to Abraham to separate himself and move to the promised land. God chose through him to create a nation, an example for the world. Because all the while at that time, there was idolatry. There was multi-level gods all around them. And God says, I'm going to establish a people who are going to know me and are going to represent me. And that was the whole point of the Jewish people. That was the whole point of the Hebrew people. And we read, and when we read the Bible, it's not just a story, but it's a roadmap for our relationship. You can't jump to just the New Testament and learn about Jesus because Jesus is the same God of the Old Testament. And He didn't change and He didn't waver. He's been moving us towards that relationship with Him. Cornelius, a Gentile, as I said, lived in Caesarea. You can read this in Acts 10. Please don't take my word for it. He was a Roman officer, a centurion. The Bible tells us he was a captain of men. A centurion wasn't just voted in. It wasn't just the nobles that lived in Rome and the established politicians that said, I am going to make you a centurion because your father is on the city council or whatever. A centurion was put in place because he had done great feats in battle. Hear me who this guy was. Because sometimes we read the scripture and we think these people are just above us. We think these people are just great. This guy was a warrior. He was a man of men. He was a Gideon's word, a mighty man of valor, you could say. Because the Bible continues to tell us about Cornelius, and it begins to tell us about he was faithful, about how he paid his alms, that he was a devout man, and he feared God with all of his house, and he gave to the poor, and he prayed to God always. This man who had done great feats on the battlefield, and who now was put over people, this, this man of great integrity and intrigue was, was fearful of God. Hear me, hear me, because that's where it started. It was in his fearfulness of God. How did he find out about God? Nobody knows. The Bible doesn't tell us. But in his fearfulness of God, he begins to establish this relationship to help out the poor. The Bible tells us that we should have to help out the poor and the widow, does it not? And he begins to do these kind of things. And he begins to do these things. And he is devout. And he's got his whole family committed. And he's praying to God. But it wasn't enough, was it? Being good and doing good works isn't enough. 
It's not enough because if it was, Cornelius wouldn't have needed Peter to come to his house. There was more that was needed. There was more that needed to take place. He was not not less of a man or a woman because he loved God. He was more and he was fearful, the Bible tells us. He was a warrior. He had a vision. He had a vision and his ears were open and God spoke to him. God spoke to him in a vision and he said, Cornelius, send two men to Joppa. To Simon Peter's, to, to find Simon Peter. He's at the Tanner's house. Go send men and find out. Now, this angel appeared to him and he fell on his face. This mighty man fell on his face and he didn't know what to do and he was fearful, but he heard, he listened. And he responded and he sends men to find Peter. Peter, the Bible will tell us, was on a roof and he was praying. He was praying because he was hungry. He was getting hangry, the Bible will tell you. He was hangry and he was went into a trance, the Bible tells us. And God, in all of his glory, does what only God can do at times. And he makes us laugh. Peter was hungry and out from heaven comes this sheep. You with me? You hearing me this morning? Down from heaven comes this sheet. Oftentimes I like to think of it as a picnic blanket where you spread your food all out over the blanket. Maybe one of those white checker blankets. Now, that's not what the Bible says. That's just my interpretation in Josh chapter 5. But the, the blanket comes down, and on the blanket are all kinds of animals. There are creeping animals. There are hoofed animals. There are, there are birds. There are all these different types of animals. There are four-footed beasts, wild and creeping things and fowl, the Bible says. And in the vision, God tells Peter to get up and eat. Now, you and I would have no problem. We would jump right up and eat. But Peter had a selective hearing issue because he heard God say, get up and eat. And immediately he went to the laws and custom that he was comfortable with. And he immediately went and said, oh, Lord, I, I, I would never, never eat anything like that. And I have never ate anything like that in my whole entire life. I am not going to eat of that stuff right now. Listen to me this morning. It was selective hearing at its finest. You think you came here today for one reason. And God is trying to tell you that you didn't just come for one, but you came for all of these reasons. And if you would hear what the word of the Lord has to say today, I will reveal things in you that you never thought were possible. Can anybody believe that this morning? Can anybody receive that this morning? Come on, let's pray right now, right now. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that before we take another word into this sermon, God, I pray that our minds would be open to hear, God, not just to hear, but to receive, Lord, to receive, God, not just what we think we came for, God, but to receive everything that you have, Lord. Let our ears be open to hear today in Jesus' name. Peter is having this dream, and he tells God, no. God gives him the vision three more times. And he tells him to get up and eat. Peter not hearing. His brain is only focused on what's important to him. His life surrounding. God speaks, don't call something unclean if I have made it clean. God was not talking about animals to Peter, but to people. The Gentiles were not part of the church, as I told you at that time. And as Peter is thinking about his vision, the men Cornelius had sent arrive at the door. They knock on the door at the same time. Peter is coming out of his vision, pondering on it. There is no happenstance and chance in life. 
Everything is ordained and set forth by God. Everything has been put in motion and planned by God. There is no accidents that take place. We didn't just get lucky. God established it. Do you believe that this morning? I believe that because God has put our steps before us. And when we realize that God put our steps before us, we know where to give the glory. You realize when you hear it as just being luck, you don't know how it happened. Then you start looking for it. But when you realize that God provided it, and you know where it came from, and you heard the sound, you know what to do from now on? You listen for that sound. All right, where's God at? He over here? All right, I'm going this way. He over here? All right, I'm going this way. Because we take, we take that inability to understand and that hearing out of it. And so here is Peter coming out of this vision and he gets a knock on the door. God's plan was never just for Jewish people, but for all people. Peter leaves with the men and they arrive at Cornelius' house. Peter reminds Cornelius how it's against the law for the Jewish men to enter into a Gentile's home. Peter asks Cornelius why he had sent him, and Cornelius tells him of the vision he has. And Peter tells us the Bible in Acts 10. He begins to tell to Cornelius and all of his house the story of the gospel. Now hear me this morning. I was not alive and around during the gospel. But you know who was? Peter. What a better witness. He's standing there in front of this Gentile centurion. And he's beginning to... He shared the vision that Cornelius shared his vision. And Peter begins to share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he began to start with John and how how God sent a messenger before to prepare the way in the wilderness. And he begins to tell then of Jesus how how Mary was impregnated of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and and the, and the, the prophets had testified about Jesus coming and the life of Christ, the turning water into wine, the, the healing of the blind eye the raising of the, the, first, the, the paralyzed man, he began to tell him story after story after story. And like us, we've heard most of these stories, haven't we? Cornelius probably had heard a lot of these stories. Cornelius in his home, living in that area at the time of Caesarea, probably had heard the things that Jesus had done. They had probably heard how he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had probably heard how he marched into Jerusalem with the people singing, Hosanna, 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 blessed be the name, only for the next day to come for the people to be scoffing and mocking and spitting at him on the streets. Cornelius had probably heard all of this stuff much like we had. But there was something different that day. There was something different that was taking place in that family that day because they weren't there just to hear, they were there to hear. Hear me, he who has an ear, let him hear. Because there's more taking place than Peter just standing there telling a story. Peter was there in real life. He had experienced all of the things. He had walked with Jesus. Remember, he was the one in Matthew 16 and 16 that says this. And Simon Peter answered and says, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. There was a personal testimony that they were listening to this morning. He was telling them about feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes because he was there. He was telling them about how he spoke and calmed the storm. He was telling them that he called him out to walk upon the water to meet him. And his eyes began to come off. He began to sink. He was telling them about how he cast out demons time and time and time again. He 
would continue by telling, telling all those who were listening in Cornelius' house. I realize there's an anxiousness among us here today to want me to hurry to get to an altar call because we have things and places to go. What I'm asking you to do this morning is to turn off your selective hearing on the outside things and focus on the Word of God this morning. It's not my voice that's trying to encourage you. I can tell you my testimony from beginning to end, but it's this Word of God that time and time again has never failed and has never forsaken us. You came in this morning maybe to lead a worship set and God's saying, I've got more for you than just leading a worship set. You came in this morning maybe thinking that you were just going to sit here and listen and God's saying, I've got so much more for you than just sitting and listening. Cornelius and Peter, Peter preaching and teaching and laying it all out before them. Telling them that the price of our sin has been paid. But the good news, the good news did not die upon the cross. But it rose on the third day in that empty tomb. Cornelius' household listened. Their ears perked. Somebody ever told you a good story that you listened to and you sat on the edge of your seat? It's this word. It's this word right here that should be the greatest story in our life. That when we hear it, we sit on the edge of our seat going, Oh, God's about to do something miraculous. Oh, God's about to do something wonderful. But it's when we get selective with this world that we go, Is he done yet? I got things to get to. Man, it's taking a long time today. Man, I just... I don't even know how. I don't even know how God's going to work. I've come time and time again, and and I've just left the same way. I don't even know. But when our mind is focused on Jesus, we sit on our feet waiting in anticipation for what he is going to do and how he's going to move. I'm not telling you that as just a book. I'm telling you that from personal experience and seeing it happen in people time and time again. But it takes us to hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What are we hearing today? Are we hearing the call of the world? Are we hearing the call of God? Peter, Peter listened to what God was saying. Cornelius listened to what God was saying. And it was in that group of people that it began to be opened up for all nations, every tribe and every tongue. And it began to move throughout this world to where it's found itself in the town of Normal. This morning, God's word has never changed, but he's been open for all of us to hear. It was at that moment the world revealed, the word revealed itself to the world. God would no longer be God of just the Hebrew people, but he would be Lord of all. Is he your Lord today? Stand with me this morning as I get ready to close. The question in the hearing, is He your Lord today? Because if He is your Lord, your mind is focused to listen. Oh Lord, where are you? Oh God, right in front of me, where are you Lord? I'm listening for you today. As Peter shared and Cornelius and his household heard his words, the Bible is very clear to tell us in Acts 10, 44-47, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. 
We say, well, I don't know about this Holy Ghost. I don't know where it comes from or what it's about. But the Bible says all it is is a belief and a repentance unto God. That, that happened so quick in that household. Do you realize that how quick that it happened? They didn't have to get down on their knees. All they said was, we hear the word and we receive the word. And in that receiving, God began to be head over all. And as he began to be the king of kings and lord of lords in their life, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And in 45 it says, And they of the circumcision which were the Jews, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know the gift of the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well? It was not a great act that Cornelius and his house had performed. All they did was hear. We've gotten it so confused in our walk and our life with God. God isn't calling us to perform some great deed. He's just calling us to hear what the Word says. Because it's in that hearing, that belief, begin to come into that house. And that Word and that supernatural power began to be activated. The promise is for you and for your children and all who God is calling for. Revelations 2 and 7. He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. God is speaking us today. Church, are our ears open to hear? Are our ears open to hear? Let's turn this place into an altar. Let's turn this place into a prayer room. Come on, seek God for what you've heard today. Come on, allow there be a response in your hearing this morning. Come on, don't leave without us hearing what the word of the Lord has had to say today. Oh God, help us today. taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.